Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 340. Starting out, it's such a big episode. I'm starting off with my video Rosen staring at you. This has been a little bugger that's happening. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll get it fixed up. Uh, we This is the official You're Detroit Lions. <laughs> it's the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my good friend and related co-host, Jeff the Riz Rizzit. How you doing, buddy? It is good to be with you. You appear to be frozen again. We're just going to have you in suspended animation throughout this show. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wonder when you're coming and when you're going. It'll be fun. I, I never know which way is what, and I, I wish I knew what is going on there. It's been <laughs> it's been a nightmare. All right, we've got a great show today. We've got a lot going on. The Lions, if you haven't heard, have just had a big draft. Um, just got themselves a bunch of players. Uh, the UDFA list is even bigger than ever, and um, so we're going to be looking at that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. <laughs> I, we've never seen it that big before. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to get that going. We've got a quick rundown of the draft, the UDFAs, the whole thing. We're, la- we're joined by Dan Shanka from Our Lads, not to be confused with Larry Zonka. And we're going to talk a little Correct. bit about the, the, <laughs> the Packers and uh, their, their fun with Aaron Rodgers. whole lot going on. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Let's get right into it, and I'm telling you, it has been, this has just been one, one crazy time after another. Um, we'll get right into it here. We've got uh, the first thing we want to talk about, Josh Hill. Had breaking news yeah. just before just before we started recording the show tonight. What Josh Hill is going on? Uh, he has decided that he wants to retire for Dave Burkett of the Free Press, and that was quickly validated by a couple of other sources as well. So uh, Josh Hill was the number two tight end on the roster, signed as a free agent to take Dan Campbell's old role as the blocking tight end and occasional red zone target. He has decided that he wants to retire uh, after, I believe it's 13 NFL seasons. There's, uh, in fact, the first two comments that I got on Twitter was, wow, that was fast for being lionized. And uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it's that. I can't say that it's not. But um this is a guy who's had a long career. He's taken a lot of abuse over over the course of his career, uh, and maybe he's maybe he's happy where he's at. Um, and this, this is the time to do it, right? When when there are people available to get signed uh, who are still out there, people who didn't get drafted, or people who are out, still on the market, and uh, the Lions could be looking at one of those too. But yeah, so it looks like Josh Hill will never wear the number. I forget what number he was. I think he was pegged to get eighty actually uh, in Detroit. I don't don't quite remember, but. Uh, He'll never wear it because he's going to retire. Um, unofficial, he hasn't he hasn't filed his paperwork yet, but uh, doesn't look like he's ever going to play. Yeah, man, that's that's no good. That's a guy who um, I already bought his jersey. No, he, the reason he did it is he wanted to retire <laughs> as a lion. I don't. Know. I got nothing good to say about any of that, right? <laughs> I mean, he, so he followed Dan Campbell here, so it shows the sort of appeal that that, that Campbell has, but it. 
you know, he's, he's what, 35 years old. At, at some point, you got to realize that maybe you just can't do it anymore. And I, he, maybe he, maybe he found that time that, that, yeah, that this was the time. Yeah. Maybe, we'll see. It could be. It could be. Still, I'm, I'm wrestling with this camera here. I apologize, everybody. It's probably going to be an ongoing, uh, ongoing thing. Maybe I'll just get a nice, I'll just sit here for a bit. So I get a nice uh, profile <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. You got to get frozen just right. <laughs> it never is. Absolutely. It's always while I'm having a sip or something else, right? All right, let's um, let's take a look uh, on the tight end so, front, though. With Hill going away, there's somebody yeah. that might be rolling in. Yeah, uh, old friend Darren Fells is visiting the Lions. Uh, it's either tonight or tomorrow. I didn't get quite clear, good, quite. Yeah, I can't talk today. <laughs> I'm I'm still way over fatigued from the the, the draft weekend, and uh, I had to play basketball, Dad, after draft weekend on Sunday morning at eight <laughs> o'clock. Let me tell you, that was not a fun trip to Fort Wayne to get to the, to the, to get to that game. <laughs> I still haven't recovered, so. Let's uh, kick this off and break it down. Uh-oh. Me. It's all breaking while I'm trying to pick. Oh, I'm my sorry. gosh. <laughs> so, so Darren Fells, who played the last two seasons in Houston, caught 11 touchdown passes, 55 passes, I want to say, in that time. Was with the Lions in 2017. We liked him. Everybody liked him. Um, they wondered why he, they didn't bring him back, especially when we had the cavalcade of crap we had at tight end in 2018. And uh, now, now he's back. Back as a free agent. He is 37 years old, so there's not a lot of upside left with Fells. But you know what you're getting. You're getting a six foot seven former college basketball player who can go up and get the ball. And he loves to block. He lo- specifically, he loves to go out to the second level and nail linebackers and knock them on their butt. And uh, that that's a role that's open with with Josh Hill gone because that's kind of what he was good at too. So there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah, so so uh and and it doesn't look I mean they they do still have uh uh, uh Mr. Mack, uh Ali's Mack from from Notre Dame and uh what's his name? Ted Tedford. Uh but n- neither of us have neither yeah, I, I, again, I can't talk. We can't see you and I can't talk. This is this is great radio. <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, neither man. of those guys have ever suited up for a, in fact, right now TJ Hawkinson is the only tight end on the roster who's ever been active for an NFL game. So they need a tight end or two. Yeah. And uh, it, it looks like Fells will be one of them. Uh, I haven't been in touch with his people. I do know his people. I haven't been in touch with them yet. But I would I would presume that he know, he knows what he's getting himself into. He's been around the block long enough at, at 37 years old. Um, keep in mind, though, that he did not play in the NFL until he was almost 30. So he does not have the usual wear and tear on his legs of a 37-year-old. Yeah, and I and I really like Fells. I think, I think he has a lot to offer a team. That needs a lot. I think he's a, a really, uh, really fun guy to have. So it'll be yeah. uh, good to have. Like, like Hill, he, he's taking, he's he's holding a place for one year or two, and just because they have that many roster holes to fill. Right, uh, and that, that's all it would be, and he'll he'll be fine at that. Yes, yes, I agree. I am constantly working on the background on this, bud. I will uh, <laughs> let you know. It seems <laughs> like it's something going here. Well, you'll know when it works. Yeah. Um, oh, you're you're frozen very beautifully right now. Well, so. Yeah, that's why I kind of left it. I think I think that was like good enough, <laughs> and I'll just deal with it later, <laughs> uh, or, or I'll deal with it in the background. Okay. Um. So one other thing I want to talk about with that is the draft itself. It was a li- the, the the strategy that the Lions are doing and took. It was, it was confusing it, 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 for me, and like in the moment, it was not at all what I expected the the team to do, right? And the fact that we, we, I mean, and we'll talk about safety and we'll talk about wide receiver later, but the fact that they had left those unaddressed was just not even like an option that was on the table to me. 
it took me some time to like think about what happened because I loved the players. Like we, you remember we were talking. I, I was just I was processing. Wait, this this was our conversation Friday night. We really like the players. We're just not sure how they fit with the team vision and where the team vision is. Well, the rest of the draft kind of helped us see what that vision was, right? Yes, it did. And <laughs> yes, it, it did. It worked out pretty good. I mean, it, it's it's. I think I think it makes a whole ton of sense now in the kind of light of day with some time to think about it. But boy, in the moment it was, it was confusing for me. So I know a lot of people thought that we, we didn't like the draft for some reason. And it was probably that confusion that was in our voices and on our faces. But um, it's really all about them taking, I mean, they, they fooled a lot of people, right? Some people are going to come in and say, Oh yeah, of course, you know, and, and I knew it all along. Nah, eh, nobody really knew that this I was, I don't eh. think so. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and to, to be honest, and two things, you know what's true about Riz, you know what's true about me. We don't mind kind of changing our view and admitting when we were wrong on something and when we did something incorrectly. Right. And we don't go to the grave holding on to a rope too tightly, right? Those are kind of two big things about, about how we operate and how we work. Yeah, it, it, it isn't anything like that, right? It's just like I didn't want to sit here and be a hype man for something that I wasn't going to be able to hype. You know what I mean? Normally, I'm pretty high in the lines. This was just completely different and required some some thinking. I should have defaulted to a good place on this because these guys have been so good at what they've done so far. But I, I again, I've been around for a long time with the Lions. <laughs> I know also that maybe the good place isn't always the place to be. You know, I, I think for me, it was just the fact that the players that they took in the first three rounds, they're all good football players. And I do like them. And, and in fact, they all wound up being good values for where the Lions got them. Um, the, the Sewell was number 12 on my board, but I, I can accept taking him at seven. I don't have a problem with that. They're not helping the team win games this year. And I think it, the, drafting them in the way that they did was sort of the slap of reality. They're like, oh, my God, we are going to be bad this year. Um, and. and <laughs> Um, I, I like, I liked, I loved getting St. St. Brown and, and Derek Barnes. I love the aggressive move up to get Derek Barnes. I didn't appreciate them trading with the Browns on that though, because I had to write both sides of it instantly. Uh, but I, I love the move. Uh, Derek Barnes was a guy that I really, really liked. And, uh, I thought for all the people that really wanted Micah Parsons in the draft, you know who you are. There's a lot of you out there. He's a very talented player. Derek Barnes is going to be that guy for Detroit. He is a, and I, in fact, I heard an interview with Dan Campbell today on SiriusXM NFL Radio, and I will be transcribing most of that later, and I'll have it up on LionsWire in the morning as well. He talked about how Derek Barnes is going to be their mic, but he's going to blitz a lot, and he's going to move around a lot, um, especially when they're in a three-man front. Uh, he, he's going to be on the field a lot. So uh, the fact that they coveted him, uh, Campbell just gushed about him, about his, his work ethic and, and his versatility, um, his athleticism, his length. At the position, he said it was something that they were really, really looking forward for and uh, that they didn't think they were going to get him where they got him. Uh, and that's why they were aggressive in moving up to get him. Uh, and uh, based on everything that I heard from that and, and from, from a couple other places that I kicked around for the weekend, Derek Barnes is your starting middle linebacker this year. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with Jamie Collins and Alex Anzalone sort of flanking him, Collins playing more of the the – I don't want to say it's a jack roll, but there will be a lot of that involved in what he does. Um, and then they're filling in around that, whether there will be another linebacker on the field, doubtful. Um, more likely they're going to have three or four corners on the field at this time with those guys. So that that seems to be what the – we got some clarification on what the defense is going to be. 
Um, and you better believe that the, both on Ruzuike and on uh, Ruzuike, on Ruzuike, much easier to say there. Uh, and uh, Lee McNeil. <laughs> oh, okay. Here you go. Whoops, I got one for you to help you make you feel good. I got actual audio of me trying to say our warrior when we uh, when we got him in. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, go ahead. This is this is a fun one to say. Um, I gave you a little breather there. Spit it out, Riz. You got this. Levi Anwuzurike. Anwuzurike. Oh gosh, it's gonna, that one's yeah. gonna be the hardest. Anwu. He actually says it faster than that when he says it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not of that ethnicity, so I, I can't let that flow off my tongue very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how how good we were at saying Polish names before the show started. We were pretty proud we of were. that. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Cleveland, I learned how to say Prochaki and Kodrowski pretty well, even though there's only one vowel in each. Yeah, this this was a different animal. Um, and uh, I actually liked one of the one of the things that they talked about was was the the influx of Nigerian and, and players of Nigerian descent. I actually think that's really cool that uh, they're sort of building a, a little niche on that. You know, that's it, it's it's a bear for me to type these words out all the time. But uh, if it makes them closer as a family, I'm all I'm all for it all day. All right, we we got that going. I wanted us to make sure we co- we copied that we copied that and got that handled. Um, but I do want to talk about our guests I, really quick before I do. I got to say. Brennan, thanks a lot. Technical problems are not still the best line show out there. Um, I'm going to try to get that video working again when uh, Dan gets here. And speak of the devil, Dan is here. Let's get him on the show and see if maybe that makes anything better. Dan Shonka, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if we get him. Oh, All right, we'll, we'll get Dan. So, so Dan, you're going to have to bear with us. Chris is having some technical difficulties with his camera, but y- you look great, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Dan. So glad to have you. Very glad to have you. Yeah, my audio is free or my video is freezing here and there. I got to tell everybody, Dan Shanka, former scout with Philadelphia, Washington, Kansas City. He's the GM and scout for our lads NFL scouting, Shrine Bowl personnel consultant, USA Today. So much more. He is not to be confused with Larry Zonka. It's Dan Shanka. How you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, Larry's Hungarian. I met Larry one time and he goes, are you Hungarian? I said, no, I'm Czech. And he says, well, I'm Hungarian, you know? So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, we're having, fun, uh, we're having fun with ethnic names all over the place. We're just talking about all the Nigerians that were in, uh, on the Lions now. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you that, you know what, you've got to really practice these names and I'm going to leave it up to you guys because it's really, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, um, you know, and I hate to butcher the guy's name a bit. Wrote one quick story. I was head coach out at New Mexico Highlands, uh, many moons ago and uh i never took spanish in high school and of course all the hispanic surnames the guys gave me a lot of passes because like tom trujillo <laughs> i said trujillo and uh i butchered them but, but but the guys were great and by the end of my reign there after four years uh i uh i, I got the hang of my wife is fluent in spanish she had like now 12 years in college of spanish and uh I, I never had a Spanish course, so she had to <laughs> me. But I did pick up a few slang words. <laughs> That'll happen. Those are the first ones especially, to come every time. <laughs> especially in the football industry, that will happen. So, uh, Dan, first off, it's great to find you, finally have you on the show. Um, you and I have known each other for a while. You put out one of the best draft guides that's out there, the Arledge Draft Guide. Uh, it, it's a must-read every year. Um, I like the fact that you put out special editions. You have the post-draft. You have the, the preseason one. Um, it's something that that everybody that's listening to this should absolutely go get. Uh, it, it's very good. Um, I, I'm happy that it was in PDF form this year. I've, I've been enjoying that quite a bit. So, 
Uh, thanks to you and your team for all the hard work on that because uh, it's it's really great. And I love that you write it like a football scout writes it and not not like a, a media person writes it. Um, you, I, I'm picking up a lot more of the football nuances from it that way. And I think that's a, a, a critical skill that you guys really do a good job with. Well, thank you because I, I – uh... You know, I, once in a while we get a subscriber, uh, an old timer is a, well, hey, those aren't complete sentences, you know? And I said, no, they're not supposed to be. That's scout speak, you know? That's right. And you can cram a little bit more in when it's scout speak too instead of those complete sentences, you know? So, uh, but, but, uh, no, that's, um, because, you know, when you're writing reports for teams, uh, hey, you got to be concise. You don't have a huge area a lot of times. So, hey, you got to get right to the point and that's it. You know, so although right to the point, sometimes we got three or 350 or 400 uh, words, uh, not counting our <laughs> quarterbacks, which I kind of go crazy with sometimes on quarterbacks. I've gone five, six, 900 words sometimes. But uh, but anyway, oh. hey, need I digress? <laughs> yeah. Um, so let, let, let's start with the Lions draft. Let's start at the top. Panay Sewell. Um, I know you really liked him. Um, give us your thoughts on what they're getting. And he's going to be the starting right tackle in Detroit for at least the first three years of his career. Are you okay with that, with him moving over to that side? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Jeff. I think the big thing is nowadays, you know, you, your, your right tackle has got to be almost as proficient as your left tackle, his feet, the length, and everything. Um, and, uh, that's a big bonus, you know, with Decker on one side uh, who's under contract, you know, and then you got uh, Sewell. I mean, that that's unbelievable pair of tackles, really. I mean, uh, Sewell's a – man, is he a wide-bodied uh, guy? I mean, um, and uh, he's going to run people right up the field past and, and uh, the quarterback. So, I, I think that – no, I, I – uh, and that's the thing. People always say, well, the left tackle's getting more um, – you know, they, they've got to have a guy that's got great feet and all that stuff. And I said, hey, you got to have two of them, you know, yeah. because, hey, matchups, you know, they'll put uh, their best pass rusher over on your right tackle. So, hey, you better have one that can, uh, you know, double move, you know, they can handle double moves, they can redirect, all that good stuff. So, but Sewell is that guy, and hey, good for, for Detroit, because I never thought he'd make it there in a million years, and maybe yeah. and maybe the Lions didn't either. Yeah, I mean, and, and Aaron Donald plays wherever Aaron Donald wants, right? So you need players to be able to play against him, and, and Sewell really shores up that line. That was one that was, like you said, we didn't really expect him to make it, and the way the draft board fell down to him, was it was really exciting. It was really exciting to watch all that come together. Um. Let me ask you on that pick, is Sewell the guy you would have taken there or would you have looked with the Lions kind of set up right now? Would you have looked more towards um, one of the flashy players, the, the, you know, the wide receivers or something like that? No, I, I mean, I was kind of shocked, uh, you know, Cincinnati did because yeah. I did a, like a, a mock draft um, a day or two before the uh, draft and I, I just felt that Cincinnati should have taken Sewell. But then, you know, I, all along for last month, I was thinking, well, I understand if are you going to take a future Hall of Fame, maybe wide receiver or maybe uh, annual Pro Bowl, maybe Hall of Fame tackle? You know, um, uh, right now you'd say, uh, you know, it, it, 
you need, you, I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, Joe Burroughs got up on a table on his crutches and was hopping <laughs> on the table, you know, and say, hey, this is, you know, I want my receiver, da, da, da. But, uh, and then uh, Mike Brown's over there saying, well, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> look at your one knee, You're, you know, you may, the other one might be like that next year, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, they end up picking up a tackle um, out of Clemson, um, you know, uh, Carmen Jackson or Jackson Carmen. And uh, he, uh, we had him late in the first round, so the way it worked out, it was so deep in tackles this year. Cincinnati probably figured, hey, let's take this uh, great receiver for Burrow, and then we'll go ahead and uh, play it from there. And and then that was, you know, how Detroit ends up uh, with Sewell. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes it makes good sense. And I know there's a lot of people. I mean, when the, when this draft started, I was all about wide receivers and safeties, and those two positions in the first three rounds, as far as what this team really, really needed to be able to compete this year. And this draft tells us what we really already knew for the Lions, that next year is not their Super Bowl year, and they're admitting it. They're building, though, for the year after the year after that and the year after that. And that's what the second pick tells us, also coming off the board for the Lions, Levi Anwuzurike. How's that, Rizzy? You like that? Very good. Very good. You get extra bonus points. (laughs) What do you think, Dan? Was was this the guy uh, you would have picked sitting in the in Brad Holmes seat? I tell you, I probably would have went the other way around, take McNeil first because uh, really? Levi didn't play this year, and um, he was, you know, he was inconsistent. I, I mean, he flashed. Uh, you, you can see what they saw in the second round, and he was kind of a flash guy to me two years ago because he'd play high, he'd get driven off uh, at times, uh, then he'd make a great play, um, you know, and. Uh, uh, McNeil, uh, to me, he plays a little lower. He doesn't play as high. Um, and I probably would have went the other way around, but you know, Hey, they did, they did their due diligence and they felt like, uh, Levi was their guy, uh, over, uh, McNeil. So, um, they, they went that route, but I just, uh, he, he was more of a flash guy to me than a consistent every down player. And, uh, that's always bothersome, and I mean, he may be uh, end up being a big time player, and um, but uh, you know, he was our fifth rated tackle, where uh, Elaine McNeil was our second rated defensive tackle. So, you know, that's just me, uh, you know, <laughs> flipping him around. What what made you like McNeil so much? Um, I, I I liked him as well, um, and but uh, not not to the extent that you did. So so sell me on why Elaine was was that high for you. Well, he. he uh, his thickness and his ability to two gap. He could play in a lot of different schemes in four man front. He could, you know, he can shade him on the uh, center. Um, you could put him, you know, at, at any spot on that defensive front um, in the interior, you know, and uh, he played low. He was very strong. He's got, he's got powerful hips to him. He's thicker. Whereas like, you know, uh, Levi, uh, on a Ruzu or whatever, he was two ninety, and you know uh, McNeil's three fifteen, you know, and he's about six two, and he just has a, he's a better leverage player, and I think that you know when you're looking at defensive linemen, you got to be able to anchor, stop a, a running game, and uh, and and fight those double teams, drop you know and grab grass, get up the field, and that's what he can do. Um, I, that's why I like McNeil a little better, whereas. 
uh, Levi, um, I'm going to make it easy for me and everybody else, but he, you know, he played a little high and when you play high, you can get rolled out of there, you know? And, um, so I, I, you know, I, I think that that's why we like McNeil and he had some pass rush a little bit from the inside too. You know, he had some he powerful, uh, he's got strong hands. And, um, so, you know, that's scratching the surface, but that's a little bit of it. Dan, yeah. let me, uh, we have a question from Brandon in the chat and this, this is a really good one. How do you think the teams approached the layoff of some players who opted out for COVID? Because it, it didn't – I thought a lot of players would fall that didn't, and it just surprised me. I, so I'm wondering if you were able to put together maybe if there was some common approach to how they handled that. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think before the draft, everybody's kind of wondering the same thing because I talked to some teams and said, hey, they're going to drop them a little bit. Some said, hey – as long as they look like during workouts that they they've been working out, um, they're going to keep them, you know, where they're at the where they're at on the board. And um, there's a lot of guys that end up working out really well. I mean, like Levi ended up running a uh, four eight eight, I believe it was, you know. So obviously he was working out and things, and I, and and McNeil was around uh, five flat, which is really good for a three hundred fifteen pound guy. He was explosive, you know. So I think that. Um, uh, the approach, hey, there's 32 teams out there. It's like Baskin Robbins. You pick, you know, your favorite flavor. And uh, they, they, you know, obviously the teams went with, especially a lot of those guys that opted out, you know, were really good football players. I mean, uh, you know, I think there was only a few of them that didn't work out really well. You know, I mean, they, most of them, hey, they, they did what they were supposed to do and they got in shape. Hey, they were lifting. Um, they, you know, they showed good agility in their workouts um, and things. So I think I think that was the thing. It, when you looked at a guy and you felt like he was working out, then you're going to uh, you'll go ahead and roll with him. What you saw on film from a year ago, or you know, night 2019. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah, um, can I can I go back to Washington for a second because you're talking about how Levi had inconsistency and they, they had another guy there, Joe Tryon, who wound up being, I think he was the 32nd pick. Yep. And, and my big knock on him was I love him for like 35% of the plays that he plays. And the rest of the time, I really, really don't. Um, is, is that, is that like, can colleges have that sort of rep to them? Cause they're both from Washington and, and Washington's had other guys that have had, you know, a hit and miss type things. Is that, is that a college culture thing? Is that, is that a coaching thing or is that just like a weird coincidence? No, I think I think it's a coaching thing, and I I'm with you, Jeff. If you saw, I think I I think we end up giving Tryon like a seven nine nine, which is to us the top of the third round, and he goes late, and it's just like it's horses for courses, and they they uh, you know Tampa liked him for what maybe you know he. To me, I'm a big production guy, and uh, some you know potential means you haven't done it, but. Uh, I can understand. I mean, Tryon was a mean dude, you know. I mean, he was just rough. He's tough. He's got, you know, decent arm length. Uh, he's strong hands, all that. And uh, he flashed kind of like uh, Levi did. I mean, yeah. they just explode. I mean, they could explode on you. And then all of a sudden, like you said, hey, for 65%, he wasn't around. You know, you'd see him play 35% and you'd go, wow, that's a first round guy. The other, you know, 65%. You know, he doesn't show up. So, um, but anyway, uh, that's, yeah. that's, I, I don't think, you know, it, it, Washington um, over the, 
years of, you know, they've had a little bit of that, but they've been, got a new head coach now. It's been there for a couple of years. So, um, you know, I think that uh, they'll get that out. But these guys were a pair of really, you know, I mean, Tryon's, a, he worked out great and all that stuff. Levi yeah. ran great and all that. And so people, sometimes they look by that stuff, which I think it's a mistake, but that's just me. Yeah. Thinking out loud. <laughs> That's okay. So the, the long and the short of it is that they need to get good coaching and, and coaching that reaches them um, and, and straightens out the inconsistencies in their game. So uh, that, that, that's hopefully we got the coaches in Detroit that can make that happen. And also in, in Tampa too. That's the next, that's actually the next question to be answered, right? I mean, we've seen what the front office is going to do. They seem to really nail it on this draft. Now it's what can the coaches do with these players it didn't feel like we had either one of those two pieces of the equation. Now this year, it's one where we're walking through step by step to see how each group does. And Dan Campbell, boy, he looks and sounds great, but it all depends with what you see on the field, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And, and uh, I, I think he'll do a great job. And, you know, one of my favorites, either player or uh, uh, TV personality, you know, like Chris Spielman, um, I, I mean, yeah. he's a guy you'd like to have around just whispering in their ear saying, hey, let's pick it up. You know what I mean? Uh, this is the way yeah. you play the game. And uh, we don't want to drag butts around here. We, we got to crank it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, and Chris would get, you know, right to the facts real quick with guys. And, and, and you you got to have a guy like that around in different ball clubs I was with. You always had really a, a former great player or a um, administrator that played in the league, or you know, hey, get in their ear a little bit. And and, uh, and when I was in Philadelphia, we had a lot of guys like that. I mean, John Wooten, who's in the you know Ring of Fame there in, in Cleveland, he he was there. And then Ray Rhodes. I mean, Ray was uh, you know <laughs> he he was a he, he was a t- he he could have been a comedian instead of a coach, but I mean he was funny, but. <laughs> You know, he could say the F word and not um, it didn't it didn't offend anybody, if you know what I mean, the way he yeah, said stuff. Right, I mean, it was right. just like unbelievable. So um, but he would he would get in people's uh, behinds, you know, and uh, as would John and, and John was a little more flat line and kind of, you know, would just say how it is. And this is what you got to do where Ray would put a little color into his language, you know, so <laughs> I think we have a good balance of that between Spielman and, and uh, Campbell, who's uh, oh, never yeah. shy, never shy about letting it fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, it, it, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. <laughs> so let, let's go to day three. Now uh, we'll get to, to St. Brown in a second, but let's stick with the defense because we're just talking about linebacker and Chris Spielman, uh, my, my football hero. And they took, they took they traded up to get Derek Barnes, who's a guy that I really grew to like, especially in his senior season at at Purdue. It looked like they finally found like, oh my goodness, this is where he belongs. Well, why wasn't he here earlier? Uh, because he played everywhere. He played as an edge. He played as a Sam. He played as a, a Will. And then they put him at the mic. And from everything I've heard, he's going to be the starting mic in Detroit right away. This is a guy who he, he's asked for number 55. He wants the old school, the throwback to be in the middle to call the plays. Uh, where was you? Where were you on Barnes um, and, and his progression throughout his career? Because he was lightly regarded coming into this season uh, and then really took off. You know, which kind of surprised me because the guy always played with a great motor. He played hard. And, uh, you know, he played on the outside. He played on the inside. He was a good blitzer. He'd come downhill and fill those uh, running lanes like a, a, a freight train, you know, when he, yeah. uh, you know, he was just like you said, he's kind of a 
old school linebacker. And a lot of teams don't have fullbacks anymore. But if a fullback came through there, he would take it on on their side of the line of scrimmage. You know, I mean, no, Derek was I don't want to say he was one of my sleepers, but he was a guy that I really, really liked. And I think he was underappreciated like you did, Jeff. And um, he's a smart guy. He, and he, he at his workout, he had for an, I think, four, five, seven or something like that at 240 some pounds. And he's a really smart, instinctive guy. He was a good blitzer. Um, he, uh, uh, he, he, when he had, to, when he played outside linebacker or quote their defensive end spot, you know, he, he played good technique and he got up the field. He didn't get hooked. Um, he, he played square he, or he could come up and, um, he'd have contain, you know, on the quarterbacks that would come out that way. I mean, he was a multi-service outside, inside linebacker a super versatile guy, which all, you know, all NFL teams want. And um, so that's good to hear. He's going to play Mac. Cause I'll tell you, he's, he's, he's like, he'll be a, you know, like a Mac truck when he comes, they come running the ball <laughs> in between the tackles. I mean, uh, he'll, he'll lay the hammer to you. I was very excited that they picked him up uh, and, and, and traded up to get him. I think that shows just how much they valued it. Uh, the fan base here, if you would have taken a poll before the draft, they would have told you that linebacker was the biggest need. Linebacker and wide receiver were the two biggest needs. They didn't do it on day one or day two, but then they doubled up on day three right at the very beginning of it with him and, and, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I, I actually, I don't know where you were at on St. Brown, so uh, I'll let you uh, have the floor on that, Dan. <laughs> well, I, well, no, i tell you what. We had St. Brown. The, th- the, the thing about Southern Cal receivers, you always wonder if they can run. You know, they look so good out there. You know, those Trojans look good in that, you know, in the uh, gold and scarlet um, or maroon, you know. I mean, they look like a million dollars. And sometimes you get them and they just can't – you get them and they didn't run as fast or play – is made as well as you thought. But but I think, um, you know, St. Brown is – he, he did so many things well. He's not afraid to go over the middle. Um, you know, he, he caught everything. Uh, he's a physical guy. He'll block. Um, I th- it was a good choice at four um, in the fourth round there and with all these receivers. And he, he's, um, uh, you know, he, he, he's got decent length, not super, but, you know, he runs good routes. He's a, um, uh, a guy that um, he's he really good at the top of his route. Um, he does all those little things, you know, that are really, really well. And uh, now he just has to get in the league and get, you know, more of the NFL nuances, which, you know, at Southern Cal, a lot of those guys, you're, they're playing as defensive backs and you're playing with wide receivers that have played in the league or are going to play in the league. And, you know, he, he was the best of a lot for the last two years. And so I think that getting him in the fourth round was a good deal. And, again, I don't think he'd burn it up, though, running his 40. I don't have that in front of me, but I can't recall. It, we started it, wasn't, some of, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It was okay. Um, yeah. It wasn't what he wanted, obviously. Right. <laughs> Everybody and wants some, Well, I'll tell you what, not, those guys, they're not happy unless they all run four or threes. And the way it looked this year, somebody was cheating on a lot of watches around the country. But <laughs> yes, but, sir. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway uh, no, I, I, you know, his, his ability to run routes and uh, to pl- go underneath and maybe be that uh, safety valve kind of guy for golf, you know. Um, but I think it was a good pick and uh, he, he'll get some playing time because that was a need. And it's funny because you talk about USC players, 
Detroit's got a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of experience. Johnny Morton on one end of this, the the kind of uh, uh, scale on the other side. You got Mike Williams back in 2005. We pulled who was he's ranked as one of the top busts for the Lions draft. So yeah, it, you get those guys out of USC. Sometimes it's just hard to see what's what's going to happen. Let's let's go to the other side of the the, the country though. Uh, I want to ask you about. Well, I don't want to say the name because I always butcher these things, but I'm going to go for it anyway. If Uh-oh. P2 Melifanwu. Uh, cornerback out of Syracuse. Um, what are your thoughts here at the uh, end of the third round? Um, this is the Rams pick that we used, and uh, we picked up a cornerback. Um, is this is where? How do you feel about this guy? His brother didn't do so well in the league, um, so sometimes you worry: is this the same motivation across? Uh, you know, is this, is this the same? How are, are they similar in this way or different? What's your take, Dan? Well, you know the the guys are, are really good athletes, you know, and they can run uh his brother was i mean that you know he was impressive at the combine he knocked the lights out of it you know if you remember and uh so um but uh i think i i i could be wrong but i think i fought i fought is that how you pronounce it Um, yeah yeah he he uh I think he's a little different than his brother. You know, I think he's more of a football player. His brother might have been more of a track guy, you know. And uh, so I think that, um, uh, hey, we liked uh, a lot of things about him. And, uh, he, in fact, we had him in the second round, you know, in our in our guide. And uh, and we've got two secondary, uh, one guy coached in the league, and he's really good in secondary, coached coached uh, secondary in the league and then another one that's a long time uh small college coach that that was his expertise as a secondary and both those guys really liked him you know and uh, so it, it was and i i trust both those guys uh i've known them for one guy 30 years another guy probably 20 years and they uh they really liked him and they really felt that you know, here's here's a guy that can be physical, a guy that can come up and play press. He can play off. He can, you know, he can play any package you want him to play. And uh, so he's a uh, he. I think he's a live one now, and he's got some length to him, you know. And uh, so, and he, I don't know if if they'll end up, uh, you know, keeping him on the edge or if they'll end up giving him some work at safety. You know, with there's with a lot of times you're playing that big nickel, you know, and you got three um, safeties out there on the field. Um, but if he's versatile enough to do that, um, or he can stay out there as a corner. So uh, I, I think, you know, he's going to be a good addition because of that length and his, in, in, in his, his arm length and uh, his athletic ability. He's got to work. And, you know, those guys are a little bit taller. Sometimes they got to work on bending their knees. You know, yeah, they got to stay, yeah. they got to stay down, keep their butt down a little bit. But but he's he's yeah. pretty good. Uh, so I think yeah. I think he'll break the mold. I think that's really a good third round pick, especially when we had him in the second. But that's good to hear. Can can we stick on cornerbacks for a second? Uh, Jeff Okuda was the number three pick in twenty twenty. He did not have a good rookie season. He will tell you he did not have a good rookie season. Uh, we, did you really like him? And do you see that he can maybe bounce back from a a, a rough start, or or, or is it? It's too early, obviously too early to give up on him, but it, did you see things last year that, that maybe indicate that maybe maybe it was a, a fluke season that he was so just so lost in coverage? Do you, and are you confident that he'll get back to, to where he was as a prospect, where he was a number three prospect in the draft? 
All right. No, I, I do. I, I I think injuries had something to do with it. You know, um, what do you, I think? Did he end up playing like eleven games or something? And he, he did. And he had uh, sports hernia surgery shortly after the season was over. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, we're going to, I think we'll give him a pass. And then, and then also we've got a, uh, you know, a new defensive package and regime regime and secondary coaches and all that. So I think, you know, I think uh, that uh, Okuda be back because I, I really liked him a couple years ago or, you know, when he came out and everything. And uh, so uh, I, I, and I watched, you know, I kind of followed him during the year, and I really felt that the injury situation, um, some of those guys just never get in the flow when they're nicked up, you know, and then all yeah. of a sudden, boom, they can. Uh, so I, and, and they always improve that second year, too. So I think that yeah, it will give them a pass and Okuda, you know, I think. Sure. And then, hey, now you got another, you got a guy across from him, a big guy like this, and, you know, and, and, and a rotation guy or what have you. So, no, I think that uh, – I think Okuda will be back. Good. Excellent. We do too. <laughs> <laughs> All We're right. hopeful anyways. <laughs> Let's yeah. – uh, near, near the very end of the draft, we picked up Jamar Jefferson. Um, looks like an interesting cat. Now, I have to say, and this came up in our, in our Slack chat, one of the, the things that – it's harder with, with late-round guys, but when the Lions social media team put out his highlight reel – he had a fumble in the end zone. <laughs> Not usually something you want to put on the highlight reel. So right. we're, we're talking a late round guy here. What, what are your thoughts on Jamar? Yeah, well, you know, he was a guy that I think they took a flyer on that had decent speed. And uh, he kind of he kind of came up late in the, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, uh, the, the cycle uh, or the draft cycle and things. And I, you know, because they only played a few games out there. And uh, so you never really – Got a great feeling for him. Uh, we had we had a, a high seventh round grade on him, and um, I thought that uh, you know he he caught the ball okay. Uh, you know he ran the ball okay. Nothing spectacular, but he was just a, a guy that's going to compete for a spot on the roster. And um, uh, I you know it, it, a lot of a lot of teams took backs late in this draft, and I think the Lions. One just to add, you know, one more to the, uh, you know, one more to the roster. But I think that he's, he is, he's what he is. He's a, a good free agent back that, so let's see how he competes and see if he'll be better, you know, uh, right. once he's on the field. Excellent. Right. Yep. I think so, that covers the draft, right, Riz? It does. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go right to an undrafted free agent uh, who a lot of people are excited about because he was on last chance you. Uh, that's Rakeem Boyd, um, who appears to be competing with Jefferson for the same spot. Uh, who did you like more out of that? And uh, your thoughts on on Rakeem Boyd from Arkansas? Yeah, I, no, I, I he really, really two years ago he had a great year, and this year, I mean, he's a he runs, you know, he runs square the line of scrimmage. He's got some juice when he breaks through. He can get quickly through the hole. Uh, we liked him, you know, at, at Arkansas. Um, in fact, um, we had, uh, well, he was invited to East West uh, as uh, one of, you know, we didn't have the game this year, but he was one of the selections. And and when we put out a, uh, um, we had two great, great guys, Nick Knutson, Nick, uh, Knutson uh, and uh, uh, Park, Robert Parker, they did these little clips. And the first one they did was on, on Boyd. He got like 17,000 views. And I don't know if that was because somebody <laughs> didn't know him or what. You know, but he, he, uh, 
He is an explosive guy, caught the ball okay, downhill runner, good vision. He can jump cut in the hole. Um, now, me, I liked him better than Jefferson, but, hey, uh, we'll find out, you know, who uh, – and, uh, but boy, just he, – he's uh, he's really a good back. And I'll tell you another one, though. Uh, Derek Mills, I thought, did a lot of good things at Nebraska. You know, he, he, he was their guy. He was their bell cow. And um, so that gives you a couple free agent backs along with uh, Jefferson's going to be competing for a, a spot there. But Mills was a good downhill um, runner. Uh, I, he caught the ball okay, uh, you know, out of the backfield and everything. And But he was their guy, and I did like him watching him on film because he did a lot of good things that uh, backs do. I mean, he – he uh, went out on the routes and and he uh, could squirt through the hole. He could catch the ball and check downs. And um, he was a powerful guy. He was a strong. He was a strong runner. Uh, he'd run with his pads over his toes and his eyes up and all that. So I did. I I, like I liked him uh, also. And and they got him at the right spot. I thought he could have been drafted late, but um, I thought that you know you got two backs that could have been you know taken late and. Uh, end up signing him as free agents to go along with Jefferson. Yeah, yep. All right, I want to move on to another guy, another UDFA that I, I'm pretty sure you know about. I look on your Twitter profile, you have a picture of you at the Senior Bowl. Uh, something that Riz and I do every love the Senior Bowl. We <laughs> did it virtually this year, but he was a Senior Bowl player who I actually had ranked a lot higher as, as a guy who would get picked, even though he had taken, um, I think he took last year off at Wake Forest, Sage Surratt, wide receiver, he was out last year, I believe, and it was the question because his quarterback was gone too that maybe he wasn't all that, or what What led to his, his precipitous fall compared to where we thought he might go? Yeah, no, I'll tell you what, you're right. I mean, he was a good, uh, really a good receiver, and, and he had some injury, I, you know, that yeah. I think uh, slowed him down too. But, but uh, you know, I know our, our scout that does the wide receivers that really liked him um, a whole lot before the season and everything, and uh, – so, you know, he, again, he didn't have great speed. I, I don't, again, recall what that speed was, but he was kind of a, I don't want to say possession receiver, but, you know, if he get, they got the ball to him, that he'd catch that ball and, you know, turn, he couldn't go to the house with it, but he'd, he'd uh, catch everything that was thrown to him. So, no, he is a good receiver. Uh, and I don't want to over, you know, jump him here, but, I tell you, those other two guys, uh, Adams is really a good receiver. I mean, yeah. I really like it. I'm, I'll tell you, I mean, those two guys are kind of my guys, and they're one of my other scouts, like Surratt, you know, he because he was doing Wake Forest stuff. And uh, I liked uh, Adams because, I mean, he, he caught everything. He's got huge hands. He caught everything there, and he was their guy. I mean, he pulled that ball down. You know, he played at Arkansas State, and um, – he was a man playing with boys at times. I mean, yeah, he'd go he, up and get those 50-50 yeah. balls and pluck them. And I I mean, I really uh, – I like this guy a lot. He was another East-West uh, selection. And then so was uh, Javon uh, McKinley, who his first year at Notre Dame, you know, he kind of yeah. took a play pool spot out there. And uh, he's got some juice and athletic ability. And, and uh, he was their leading receiver, I believe, this year. And yeah. uh, so, you know, he, he uh, is another – I mean – but, but a year ago, even uh, some really, you know, there's so many receivers, some really good ones just fell, you know, to the to free agency. And um, uh, and that's the way that these guys did. I mean, uh, all three of those guys could have been drafted, you know, and uh, 
So, but uh, I think I think that's a excellent three free agent receivers. Like like those guys very much, good. all of them. We need it because we have some openings. Yes, yeah, it feels good to hear that. This is their chance. Yeah, yeah this is, is their chance. I mean, yeah, I, you know, like McKinley, he runs a little upright times, but hey. You're you're paying. Um, that's what you're paying coaches to do to teach these guys the nuances of NFL receiver play. And I will say this: another thing, Ray Rhodes, going back to Ray. He one time uh, we were in a meeting, and his coach was one day. This he'd say, "This player looks like an All Pro." Next day, he says, "Guy, ah, I want to cut him." And then, and Ray looks over at him, and says, "You know what? It's a hell of a lot easier." to find a coach that it is a good player. So <laughs> that, coach, that coach didn't say anything uh, about the guy anymore. You know what I mean? So, so they gotta, if they coach those guys, good. there's some talent there. Oh, that's good. Um, I want to ask about one other guy, and, and this is specifically for a friend of mine um, who asked about it because we took Logan Stenberg in the fourth round last year. <laughs> it did not go well. Uh, and in anything, he was not active for games, even when they were desperate for bodies, they were signing people off the street and playing them over him. Now they signed Drake Jackson, who is a center. They do need a backup center, although they did just sign one today from Minnesota Mankato as well. But, uh, your thoughts on Drake Jackson and if he will be better for the lions than, uh, Mr. Stenberg has been through the first year of his career. Well, you know, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but Steinberg, I, I didn't like him. He's a big stiff. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember him last year and everybody's talking about this guy and I, he played like he had a back brace on, you know what I mean? I, it was just, uh, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, and that, because, you know, I, I mean, but anyway. Yeah. Now, it, it, Drake, it yeah. yeah. Drake, well, Drake's a little more thing, agile. <laughs> he is, uh, but the thing that's going to hurt him is those short arms. You know, he, I tell you, First thing when I talk to offensive line coaches and I over the years, everyone and, it, and they always ask for the impossible. You know, they want a guy with 34, 35, and then at tackle, they want 36 inch arms, all that. And they, hey, they don't grow on trees, you know. But um, Drake w- was a uh, Drake Jackson, um, you know, he was a, a very feisty guy, very smart guy, can make all the calls. Um, he can get to that second level, cut off linebackers. Um, you know, uh, he, he leaked through really, and, and he, he made the calls on, on the offensive line. Um, but he's limited by just physical. I mean, you know, his arms are a little short, not, but that doesn't mean he can't play. But he's going to have to do, you know, things a little bit different and tougher. He's going to have to get his, you know, when you have shorter arms, it's tough to get into those defenders, up, uh, you know, and lock into them because of what they can do. They can go right over you. You know, I mean, they're just going to. Uh, you, whether they're going to chop you, and if they, hey, they might have to find his arms. I mean, it's not like he's got alligator arms like that. But I mean, he's just—he's a good football player. He's a good football yeah. player, but he has short arms. He's got decent athletic ability. He's very smart. Um, and I always like smart, tough guys, and that's what he is. He's a smart, tough guy. You know, you know it's it's funny that you say that, Dan, because I, I listened to an interview with Dan Campbell today, and every single player that he talked about, he used the words tough and smart. As, as proud characteristics of what they were looking for. So that, that certainly makes them fit the bill. Yeah. So I'm, that's, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's why they, you know, they locked into him um, because I, I saw a lot of people out there had draftable grades on him and I, we gave him, uh, you know, uh, the highest priority free agent grade just simply because of the measurables. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I just know what the coach is like, you know, and that's, uh, that's, you know, when in regards to arm length and all that stuff, you know. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, we're, we didn't get a quarterback this year. We're, we're having Jared Goff as our quarterback, for better or for worse. We're hoping it's for better. But if it is for worse, let's look at the top of the draft next year at the quarterbacks. And your early thoughts on the Keaton Slovises and Spencer Rattlers and Desmond Ritters of the world. Where, where are you at early on in the process? Obviously knowing that things do change quite a bit from year to year. <laughs> well, yeah, you saw three quarterbacks this year that not anybody's really talking about, including Mac Jones. You yep. know, and uh, and then we didn't know, Trey, you know, Trey Lance was going to come out and then he skyrockets up to the third pick. So but, um, you know, Rattler was was very inconsistent last year at Oklahoma. You know, he was he was sometimes in, in uh, you know, after he got his behind chewed out earlier in the year and he kind of he, he was he's kind of an immature guy, you know, and obviously when you're a freshman like that coming in, I mean, he. You know, when he was out, he's from Arizona, Chandler, I believe it is. And, uh, you know, he he uh, he got his behind kick there in high school because he thought he was better than he was. And then he goes gets to Oklahoma. And then uh, and I think that, you know, they had to settle him down a little bit. And he got better the last half of the year. So, hey, yeah. we'll see what what happens, uh, you know, if he matures. Um, and, and, you know, now Slovis kind of reminds me of Mac Jones. You know, but okay. the thing is, he he's he is he gets injured. I mean, he gets injured. All, I mean, that's what's killed him uh, because, boy, he throws a nice ball. He's accurate. You know, Kurt Warner is kind of his private quarterback coach. He's another Arizona kid. You know, he's from Arizona. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's a Gilbert kid. I'm trying to think, but he's. He's out. He's out there in Arizona from Arizona too. And well, you've got me intrigued with Kurt Warner, who I, as you know, I love him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, and, and yeah, that's his private quarterback coach. So um, if if he can stay healthy, Slovis would be, you know, he'll he'll be in the mix because uh, he's a you know, like I say, he's like Mac Jones. I mean, he's smart, he's accurate, he's got great ball placement, all that stuff. Uh, but he's got to stay healthy and uh, he's had a variety of injuries there. So, you know, that's, that's the, that's the thing there. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, um, Dan, do you have time to answer one more question on one more guy or, sure. Oh, I appreciate oh, no, it. Go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, this is a, a, a position the lions are, are just really aching at. And uh, we picked up a guy named D'Angelo Amos out of Virginia that people, I, I mean, I'm generally know that folks don't know a whole lot about what's your take on D'Angelo is it, it? We talked about the wide receivers, especially with the 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 dearth of talent the Lions have at wide receiver. These guys are really going to get a they're going to get a real shot this year. This isn't just a we're we're throwing some guys in the field. There, there's a super big need. Those players are going to get a shot. We have a big need at safety. Is D'Angelo Amos going to get a shot, or is he a guy that we just need to you know hope he works out and keep keep our eyes open for somebody else? You know, he's a good football player. And the thing that I can't understand, Virginia players kind of took it in the shorts this year. And I don't know why. They did. You know, like, remember right. Snowden? Snowden, Snowden, the big Snowden was a, for me, he was a fourth or fifth round guy. Absolutely. And he didn't get drafted. And I'm thinking, well, what, what are people looking at? And I don't know if they're mad at the coaches there or, or, <laughs> or what are they, you know, but, but, um, and they're very cooperative. That's, that's the thing. But, no, I think that uh, D'Angelo Amos will have uh, he'll have a legitimate shot because again, and you know, he's a smart, tough guy. Okay, and he understands <laughs> schemes, and he understands. <clears throat> the one thing that 
these guys, including Tommy Kramer, the offensive guard, and and the other guys through here, you tell them something one time and they understand it. And anymore, with the way that the CBA is, you can't you know can't spend as enough a lot of time with these guys. So they got to learn quickly. They got to learn on the fly, and that's how they're going to make the team. And uh, and and that's what D'Angelo Amos is. He's a a, a smart, tough guy that understands schemes. He can make the calls back there and uh, breaks on the ball, sticks his foot in the ground, and, and he can drive on the ball, and everything's in front of him, and he won't usually make a mental mistake. So, yeah. I mean, again, you know, there's a guy that I think is a good, you know, an excellent free agent. Yeah, he, he showed he showed me a lot personally when he was with James Madison. I liked him there. Uh, and then the fact that he was able to adjust quickly and, and, and fit in at UVA, it, it portends well for, for a chance. And, and again, because right now this is a team that has Tracy Walker and Dean Marlowe as the starting safeties. They need help, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mar- uh, yeah uh, Marlowe, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's always kind of been that backup guy or, yeah. uh, you know, they – he's been put in um, if, you know, somebody goes down and gets hurt or what have you. And Walker kind of started out his career pretty decent, didn't he? He was, he was, he was very good. It did not work well for him last year. He was not in the, the, the wrong side of, he got on the wrong side of Matt Patricia for whatever reason. We don't really know that was, that happened a lot in Detroit. Um. Well, and that's, (laughs) that's the big hope. A lot of the players are actually going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. There's a lot of scheme deficiency that that hurt them, and I think um, Tracy Walker is one of those guys that I really have high hopes. Loved him and loved his trajectory until last year, so we're really hoping to see something come out of him. I think you'll see anytime there's a coaching change, you'll see guys uh, get better, and if they're not, hey, they're jettisoned out of there. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, so, but Walker uh, was a guy that. Um, you know, we follow quite a bit. In fact, both, you know, he was a East-West guy, you know, Shrine Bowl yes, guy was. too, and, uh, you know, did a lot of good things. Uh, so, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that he can uh, get back to where he was as a rookie. Yep. Dan, we kept you yep. long, and I really, really appreciate you joining us and, and doing yes. the show. Great analysis. Appreciate it. Um, really glad to meet you. I'm glad my video didn't work so it didn't scare you off. Uh, <laughs> and I look forward to having you on again. I really, really enjoyed having yeah. you. Um, great, great. Same here, guys. I, I mean, yeah. now that Zoom is so uh, easy, uh, a year a year or so ago, I, I was on, trying to get some things on Zoom, and I almost had to have a producer do everything, you know. And uh, and now, hey, you guys have the link there, or, or, or these different shows. I might have the link, man. You hit it. I'm looking forward to coming down to Florida next year. I, I missed the Shrine game the last two years. I'm looking forward to getting back to the Shrine Bowl. Um, and I have to – your new boss there or coworker there, Eric Galco, is an old friend of mine as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to working with him now too. <laughs> so Yeah, no, he, no, Eric can do a great job. He, he kind of – he's going to be in charge of operations and things. And yeah. um, he uh, – uh, I think he'll bring some fresh – you know, I was just in charge of the personnel the last couple of years, you know, as a, a, I scouted for the Shrine Bowl before that. And we, you know, two years ago, we had, we had 100 guys on NFL rosters in one year. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of an underrated game with a lot of talent, you know. So, um, but uh, it, it, yeah, looking forward to it and uh, seeing, um, 
you know, what, what, and next year should be loaded too. As you guys know, all those players that went back, yep. you know, went yeah. back uh, to school. So, but anyway, no, it, it was great. I'm looking forward to it when we can do it again sometime, guys. For sure. Okay. Thanks so, so much, Dan. Thanks Dan, for joining us. And just, uh, we will definitely get people to get your guide because it is a great resource. And I love getting the preseason guide in the summer. It's, it's, dedicated pool reading for him because then I'm looking through, Oh, I, I, I've seen this guy. I don't know who that is. I better go watch him. <laughs> Good. Well, Hey, again, thanks a lot guys. Great being with you. Okay. Absolutely. Right, thanks, Check him out. Okay. Hey, our lads underscore Shanka on Twitter, Dan Shanka, Dan, thank you so much. And I am going to, yeah. I'm down here in Tampa. I'm going to hook you up with one of those hot dogs from the shrine bowl. Next time we're there. <laughs> Super. <laughs> thank you very what much. Offer. <laughs> thanks. Don. thanks Dan. Dan. Bye now. Thanks, Dan. All right. <laughs> the hot dog you got to be there to know you got to be there they're, they're, they're already made chris they're, they're sitting there in the press room <laughs> we're gonna find oh out goodness. if it's a two-year pre-make yeah. or a one-year pre-make oh year. my yeah dan's great i, I love dan I, i've actually met him for the first time i was introduced to dan by uh former ohio state coach and then bengals scouting he was sort of their one of their two scouts at the time. John Cooper yeah, uh, introduced yeah. us on the sideline. I wound up sitting with them for an entire practice, and just the the, the chatter back and forth from the two old hats going, talking about dudes that I remembered from when I was a kid. And then we were looking out at the guys out there on the field. It was it was like going to school for a day. It was awesome, uh, <laughs> and and I've been very grateful for Dan ever since then. Uh, uh, he, he's a really good guy. He's a smart guy, and again, he sees things through his own eyes. He does not get caught up in the group think that a lot of draft Twitter. Um, and a lot of the the, the more more uh, younger draft media get into. Yep. He doesn't care, and I love him for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got to tell you, the, the video, I tried to make it work again here. It froze. It looks like I'm rocking the CBD, so I'm just going to leave it there. It- <laughs> <laughs> head on over. If you want to look like that, head over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. You'll probably do it looking better. But uh, you get 55% off with coupon code LIONS, uh, anxiety, pain, and insomnia, it works for all of those. It's really, really good stuff. It's all natural and legal in all 50 states. We'll get you guys taken care of. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Coupon code LIONS. Get your head straight and your body straight and do it legally. Now, just so you know, the chill line, the Delta 8 line and the chill extreme, those, they're legal. But they will trip a drug test. So, and they give you those. And you might you might lose a day or two. (laughs) If you eat more than one of the gummies, you're gonna you're gonna be wow. So, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. And they're they're apparently a desirable Mother's Day gift because my mother asked me to get her that for for Mother's Day. Did she? There you go. She did. All right, I'll ship you some. I'll get you some, bud. Oh, you're too kind. We need to take care of mom. My my (laughs) mom will thank you. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Psychedelic monk, thank you, Chris and Riz, my people. And uh, I promise you guys that the, the video problem will be fixed. I've got to the bottom of yeah, it. It's well, hardware we, we, can switch out. He, he, will fig- he will figure that out. We trust you on that, Chris. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a great draft wrap. Uh, again, um, thanks for listening with, with Dan. Uh, I, I love getting him on uh, and getting just the old stories, man. I, I, love, I love that stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's awesome. Let awesome. me – we have one more topic we want to cover. And it's, yeah. it's one that's just, it's just, it's just primed to end the day on. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, hot, spicy, and delicious over there in Tampa Bay. Could this finally be, like we talked about the regression to the mean, could this finally be it? Could this be the thing that implodes? Will we see, look, the only love in Aaron Rodgers' life is Jordan Love, right? Will we see this team blow up and will we see the Jordan Love era which... Oh my goodness. It looks looks untenable, does it not? So 
So Greg, Greg Warren and I, Greg from the podcast. Hi, Greg. We went up, we, we watched, we were at the draft on Thursday. Um, we suffered through the rain and the, and the sleet and the, the cold. And we wound up at a pizza place in downtown Cleveland. And there was a guy there in a Packers Rogers Jersey. And he was sitting at a table with Browns fans. And he, he looked like his puppy had just died. <laughs> uh, and none of the Browns fans were, uh, were there. We're, we're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've had your fun, dude. Go away. We're good now. Um, and uh, Greg and I certainly weren't, a, weren't going to console him. And then the, uh, the uh, I'll call her interesting looking woman who was to our left. Um, who wanted who wanted to trade up and get Micah Parsons the number one overall? Um, who also <laughs> took a shine to Greg, um, even though her husband was there with her. Um, uh, was also like, yeah, screw that Rogers guy. We're we're tired of the Packers. <laughs> it was uh, it was something. Oh, Greg almost got sucked in a crazy situation. Oh man, <laughs> does he still have those luscious locks, Greg? No, well, he he still looks good. Let's put it that way. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. So, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers could be done. I mean, I, so I, and there's all kinds of speculation. Now there's there's talk of, and you, it changes by the day. It changes by which report you're listening to us. If it's Schefter or Rappaport or Garofalo, um, Peter Schrager had something today when he was on the McAfee show talking about how he believes that and, and McAfee and A.J. Hawk, his former teammate uh, and Rodgers, former teammate in Green Bay, both agreed that. He would just walk away. He doesn't need to get traded anywhere else. He he can be done and he'd be happy. Um, and, and it that, costs him that, eleven million to do that, right? Each for two yeah. years. I mean, he can walk. He hey, dude, he was good on Jeopardy. He he could do that job. The Jeopardy money He's, would, co- would cover it, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Alex Trebek money. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers' finances. He's a smart guy. Um, I don't personally like him, but he's he's very well accomplished, and the Packers will get significantly worse without him. Uh, I, I can't fathom. Uh, I should ask Dan this. I can't fathom Jordan Love ever being good. No, uh, just from from the, the game film that I watched. I I, re- I vividly remember we went out one night last year, me and my friend Dave, uh, two years ago, and we watched the Utah State versus Nebraska game. And Dave doesn't watch a lot of college football, but I'm there and I'm I'm watching. We're at, we're at Founders Brewery in downtown Grand Rapids, and he sees me taking notes. He's like, "Who are you watching this?" I'm like, "I'm watching the Utah State quarterback." He's like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I think the, the ideal scenario for Rodgers is that he retires. No trades, no picks, no don't don't get any value out. Right, just get their money back and then let. Them and, and that would be out. a spiteful thing to do. And we all know him to be that sort of a spiteful person. So and it does make sense. I heard that he's been this has been in his mind since draft day last year, and he waited to spring this jack in the box on draft day this year because he's yeah. that much of a spiteful guy. If that's true. Right. I, I, that almost makes him a little caustic to pick up. I don't know that you want that in your locker room or on your team. As much as it I don't can know, give you, do you take away, right? If you're a coach, do you want that coming in? I mean, obviously he's he's mega GM. talented. He's he's still he's still an MVP caliber player. Sure, sure. But if you're if you're Vic Fangio in Denver, do you want that force of nature coming in? You got to coach it when you're on the hot seat. And knowing that if you can't handle him, you're gone and he's not. Do you want a popular with know, fan man. superstar calling for your coaching job or your GM job? Are you confident enough that you can withstand that? And that's, that's exactly. a real question to ask. That is a real question to ask. Boy. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You know, Denver has a new GM there in George Payton. We don't know. We don't know how he would operate on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sounds like he only wants to go to Denver, Las Vegas, or San Francisco. Well, San Francisco's out now because of Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Raiders, 
who knows what's going on with the Raiders. I don't think they know what's going on with the Raiders um, with, with their interesting drafts. As, as always, they took a player who was typically mocked in the third round, and they took him at number 17 overall because that's what they do. I just guessed on the wrong guy. Dang it, because that was one of the few that I missed in the first round. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for the whole Rodgers thing because it, it's – it's not anywhere close to being done yet. And I just got to say, and, and I said this, I was on a Cleveland TV show yesterday. I said this, it's so nice to watch a team that has been set at quarterback for so long struggle with the succession plan. Yeah. Now they, 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 I know that there are people in that building up there that like Jordan love. I, I just don't, I don't see it, man. And I, I'm, I'm looking for, for me, he's not better than Deshaun Kaiser. And I saw a lot – I saw way too much Deshaun Kaiser between going to Notre Dame games and seeing him in Cleveland and covering him there. Well, they, just uh, like, I, I'm Kaiser. I wouldn't say that they're great evaluators of talent comparatively in the NFL. So, I mean, just because right. Michael doesn't mean – And I, I, will, I will tell you this. I know a couple of, of Packers writers who will tell you that Tim Boyle, who's now in Detroit, was better than him. Yeah. yeah. So – all right. Well, I did get uh, some direct audio. We like, like I said, we've got some some people in the building. I direct audio of Brad Holmes when he heard the Aaron Rodgers news. <laughs> oh, that might have been the, the Sewell pick. I'm sorry. I I, I got my quotes. Mixed Either up. way, yeah, that was probably you probably did it both times. <laughs> was that a whip cracking? <laughs> that was his hands. That was a clap and a woo. It's, wow. I'm, this one I'm going to keep for a long time. <laughs> He was a happy guy. There you go. It almost sounds like a monkey getting shocked. Free <laughs> <laughs> Peter Gabriel fans out there. All right. There you go. I think that'll cover it. <laughs> uh, thanks again, Dan Shanka. Check him out at our lads underscore Shanka on Twitter. He's a great follow. He's a great dude. Definitely worth all your time and effort to, to get him Definitely. on there. Yeah. Yeah. With that, remember, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, get access to the Slack, and we got a, we got a, we got a Discord going too, which has been just fire lately, so we're, we're talking about what's going to go on there, what we're going to do, we have some thoughts, some fun things to do, like you know, we do things differently, always we do it differently, and then everyone else comes along later, so you'll see, you'll see, it's a good stuff, got great stuff there, we've got some surprisingly awesome shows coming up, some surprisingly, I don't know. But awesome guests coming up. Riz, you've been we do. killing it landing these guys in the way. Give you great, great credit. Um, and we got some other stuff coming to you guys. Just buckle yeah, up. We, we, we got some good things. It is it is entering the heart of the offseason, but we will not sleep. Keep subscribing, keep watching. If you're if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe so you're notified when we're gonna go live. Uh, obviously subscribe to, on your to the podcast on your favorite podcast aggregator, where that's Apple, Google, Android. Stitcher, uh, all those all those different places. I use Stitcher myself uh, or Google. Google. I, I'm a, I'm a big Spotify guy. I live on Spotify all the time, so uh, you wow. can obviously find it there. Riz, you're after my job. What's going on? First hey, you I, case, I, I, now just, you're after just, mine. Just, just trying to help out a little bit. <laughs> Appreciate it. Don't forget to hit that like bucket, like button. You guys know the algorithm. It really really helps when you do that. And give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. You can also use 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-467. Leave a message. We'll get that call on the air. Also, follow us on Twitter at Jeff Risden, spelled as you see below, and at DET Lions Podcast. That's me, at DET Lions Podcast. Best place to be, you know, pants-free, as we like to do. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final.
final seconds winding down. And look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.